Yeah, I love every time like there's a lull and they think they're safe. Guinam just like climbs over the wall. <laughs> He's like, here I am. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. I'm back, baby. Anyang <laughs> <laughs> SAO, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K Romance guides. So grab some deck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Happy Halloween. Ooh. I look Ooh. like a ghost, so ah, that's ah, me. Ah, 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 ah. I know. You I even so I turned on the brightness on my screen to try and it like it <laughs> it defined me for like a minute. And now I'm like ghostly again. <laughs> I'm not going to be a ghost. It's okay. Halloween. You don't really like the sunlight that much. I don't. I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like the out of doors. So do we have any Halloween costumes planned? Or Halloween what are or Halloween plans planned? Yeah, we're plans. <laughs> your your plans? I have My both plans. plans. Okay. I have plans and costumes. Same. All right. Well, out of courtesy to you being the you know, elder of the group, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> the elder the ghost elder. So I I did not used to get into Halloween because I just it's it was it's never been like my super favorite holiday. Um, even like even when I was a kid, I like I liked it when I was little, but like once I got to be like, you know, preteen and teen, I think I fell out of it a little bit. And it was fun like dressing up my kids and helping them with their costumes, but no, I never really got into it. And then um one of my local friends who is a newer friend like in the past five years, like she, you know, moved to the neighborhood when um when our daughters were in seventh grade and they're juniors now. Halloween is like her favorite. Like she's got one of those like twelve foot skeletons from Home Depot that she like. Yes. Puts. It's great, and she loves it, loves it. So she has a Halloween party every year, and like you can't go if you don't dress up. And so now she and I and our other friend, we always do like a triplet, you know, kind of costume. Like one year we did eighties prom, and we just went to Goodwill and bought like prom dresses and stuff like that, and it was a lot of fun. But this year. I'm actually really excited because we're going to be Disney villains. <gasps> I'm jealous. And I'm going to be Cruella. Oh, nice. yeah. But like Emma Stone Cruella. So I got this Cruella wig that like for like 15 bucks on Amazon. I'm like, this is going to be a piece of shit. And it is awesome. Like I'm obsessed Yay. with it. And this mask because she does this. I looked at a makeup tutorial for it and I can't, but like it's this black painted on mask that she has that says the future on it because she's like a fashion, a fashionista. And then the outfit is just like a black leather jacket, black top and like tight black pants. And I've like, I've got all that. So yes, I'm going to be cruel and I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And then my friends are going to be um, Maleficent and Mother Gothel. That is awesome. So I'm excited. I really am. I don't yeah. usually get excited to dress up, but I am. What about you, Leah? Okay, so I'm going to be Dory for Halloween. And there's a little bit of a background to it because I, you know, finding Nemo is fine, but that's not what's driving the decision. So um, as you know, I like BTS a lot. And a couple of days ago, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> Namjoon broke the internet because he he tweeted, he took a shot of himself in the bathtub. Like, and that's pretty racy for Namjoon. So we see like some bare feet. And yes. we see like a finger heart. Oh my God. Then, feet pics. Yeah. Feet pics. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And he's in the tub. Yeah. And then in the background is a little Dory. 
<laughs> and it's a nightlight. And apparently this little dory sold out in like two seconds. Oh it's like completely gone now. But also <laughs> Megan's like light. Megan's like going, aw, and now everybody made it super dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It got very, very dirty. And so like people just kept being like, you know, dory like memes like the things I've seen. And then somebody's like, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's okay, that's like funny. you you know I have short term memory loss, right? <laughs> So anyway, I just decided that that would be like a fun for me where I will look very G rated, but really I'm just being like the nasty pervert Dory that's like seen it all in Namjoon's bathtub, but I'm going to look completely school appropriate. I love it. Yeah, I love that. And so, yeah. And then beyond that, so I really like Halloween. We decorate our house for Halloween, um, of course, because, you know, if anyone's listened to our pod for a while, we are not buying a 12 foot skeleton from Home Depot, although I would. Um, my husband is very anti buying decorations, so we get to make them ourselves. I was like, so she just doesn't clean and gets cobwebs all over the place. <laughs> no, I do buy cobwebs. He does not like it, but I do. But we now have like reusable graves that, you know, I mean, look, it's cute. They're like, mm-hmm. he's made them. The kids can write on them every year. There's like all these handmade tree things that are like you know like little goblins hanging in the trees like crafted out of wood that i don't know so that's the life i live and so we have a fun you know it's fun enough it's festive enough i wanted to get halloween lights to hang up he thought that that was too much consumerism and i didn't need to buy them so um so we are not getting fun halloween lights but you know christmas is just around the corner Does he cobble his beautiful mountain bikes together? He's yeah, anyway, like out there mining of consumerism, the, mining the, <laughs> the, the fiberglass, the fiberglass and tin or whatever it's the aluminum frame. Yes, thank you. Um, and then we're going to be doing like the school has spooky story night, which I really enjoy. And so they like divide up the story content into one shiver, two shiver, or three shivers. And um, so you can like select how spooky you want to go. And like the three shivers, always the monkey's paw. And I love the monkey's oh, paw. Oh, I love that. I love that story. And we're going to see Hotel Transylvania. Oh, and, that's cute. You know, here's one thing, though, that is kind of, you know, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise about me, but somehow I missed Hocus Pocus growing up. I did too, me Leo. Too. Oh, my me God. Too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My daughter's like, Mom, you have to watch it because she watched it. And I'm like, because now, now there's a two and I've never yeah. seen it. Oh, yeah, see, I've either. seen, well, I've seen it now, but I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, I saw it as an adult, the magic wasn't there. Really. Right. And so now like the two's coming and I'm like, yeah, I mean, like I, it's fine, but I'm not like dying over it. Yeah. When we were in Salem, there was this whole like, in Salem, Massachusetts, there was this whole like Hocus Pocus tour. Everywhere we went, there was like Hocus Pocus paraphernalia. And I'm just like, I don't, like, I don't know. And I realized that I, I guess they filmed some scenes in Salem, mm-hmm. so I had no idea, but you can do a whole tour. And if you're really into it, and clearly there are people who are. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. I've watched it. And I mean, you know, I'm grumpy. And this is like, you know, it's fine holiday. It's just I don't have that magic I would have had if I watched it when I was like right. six. Right. I watched that, like, the more violent witch one. The one with, like, the craft. Oh, the witches. But, yeah, the craft. The craft. The craft is awesome. Oh, okay. Well, so, like, I'm a craft girl. Yeah, same. <laughs> Think. you know what i mean yeah. see like, I'm that's... Nice... i haven't seen the craft either i need to see that oh the craft, the craft is really is good just... and i bet you it, i bet you it holds up i would watch that it's again. a feruza bulk yep feruza okay. bulk and Ro- i Rob- love and her. is it and robin tunney and rachel oh true God, okay. 
I don't even know who any of those people are, but good. I, there's no you. reason why I should. If you saw Feruza Balk, you'd know. Yes, you would. She's like very recognizable. As soon as you saw her, you'd be like, oh, okay. You just probably don't know her name. Well, okay. I will tell you what I like, and I'm going to give you a fun fact that will blow at least Amy's mind, I think. So I really like, my favorite Halloween show is Nightmare Before Christmas. I love it. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies like as that. well. I like that one. Um, do you know that Sally's voice in Nightmare Before is Christmas Catherine is? Catherine O'Hara? Yes. Of course I do. Well, I had no idea. Am I meant to know that? Like, it's just the voice? Because, I mean, I do talk about how sometimes I'm, like, vo- I have, like, vocal deafness. Like, I can't understand. Like, I don't know when people, like. I don't think I knew it mm-hmm. because she, it sounded like her. Like, it does not sound like her. Like, I will oh, agree with that. I, but, like, but I found out, like, because I'm one of those people, every time I watch a movie that's animated, I, I need to know everybody's voice. Like, I need to <laughs> yes. look it up. Like, I need to know. If I can't figure it out, like, it drives me crazy. I need to know. Um, right. So I, I've known like since the first time I saw the movie, but I, I agree that I mean, especially knowing her as like Moira Rose, like <laughs> you, you don't hear it like that. Mm-mm. But yeah, so that was my fun fact. So, but I'm excited. I do like to watch that every year. Yeah, that is a fun one. All right, Megan, what are you going to be? Well, look, I just want to be invited to a Halloween party. Like, I don't understand how I'm not friends with people who don't have <laughs> Halloween parties. Like that's all I want. So why don't you host one? I know. And, you know, this is the only issue is that my my son's birthday is right around Halloween. So it's usually like we're we're doing his like birthday party and like at the same weekend, it just always like throws things off. And he's also not a big costume person. So it's not like he wants to have a costume party. Okay. Um. So in the future, though, I think I will. But anyway, so I actually I swear even before this podcast, I was like. I think this year I might be an all of us are dead character. I just have to find, I have to find a Korean high school school uniform. uniform. Oh yeah, that'll be so easy. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, I mean, I could probably recreate it sort of, but I love like putting blood on my face. Like I love like getting like looking like I've been like ravaged by a zombie. It was funny when I was in like elementary school for three years, I was like a zombie soccer player because I just that's all I wanted to be like all the other girls are dressing in like princess costumes <laughs> and I'm not I'm not trying to be like I'm not like the other girls like yeah. I wish I was like the other girls like what was wrong with me like I, <laughs> I want to be an eaten three years I wore my brother's soccer uniform and was like a zombie soccer player but anyway um my other option is my daughter is being a green M&M with her friend who is being a blue M&M. So mm. maybe I'll just be an M&M and walk around with them. I will say I I love Halloween, uh, like in PA, like Halloween trick-or-treat night. Um, our mm. last neighborhood was amazing. Like I'm talking, people would sit out in their driveways with like, again, I live in Pennsylvania, so it's cold here in California, but you don't have people with heaters in their driveways. <laughs> But around here, they have like heaters and they're, you know, they're all bundled up and some of them have like scary music speakers. And uh, in our last neighborhood, there's this one woman who no light, her whole front room of her house was like decked out in like spooky stuff. She had like a dining room table with these like dressed up skeletons. And so she like brought the kids in. Oh, my God. And they could like pick out candy on the table. It was so, so cool. That's like, that's an episode of Modern Family. Did you ever watch Modern Family? Yeah. They yeah. Remember the the Halloween where like they would bring the kids in and they had like a little like mini haunted house set up to try and scare yeah, everybody. That's kind of, that's what she did. Yeah. Except I mean it was really cool. There was also a house that had the lights that you turn into a radio station and the lights co- yeah, coincide yeah, yeah, with yeah. the music. 
So as when we moved last year, I was like, oh, my God, I'm worried the neighborhood isn't going to be as good. Because our last neighborhood was so good for Thanksgiving. And my kids loved it. <laughs> or I mean, for Halloween. <laughs> like, actually, oh, there was this. Megan goes door to door for Thanksgiving. Yeah. At our last neighborhood, there was a woman who, no lie, would go to the dollar store every year. And then she had an entire, like, eight-foot table just full of dollar store toys that they could pick out. It was oh, crazy. cute. Yeah. So I was a little worried. And so when we had Halloween last year, I was like, okay, I really hope, you know, this is just as fun. We went to the first house, which was across the street. And the house had just been built. And the woman comes out. She lives alone. And she's like, you're my first trick-or-treaters. And she gave them money? I was like... Oh, my God. I'm going trick-or-treating. I know. And then we walked throughout the neighborhood, and it was phenomenal. Like, I'm talking same thing. Like, people in their driveways, you know, big things of candy. Just the neighborhood really went, like, all out. A lot of houses were really spooky, and it just made me so happy because it's, like, it's just really – I enjoy it. Like, I like seeing my kids have a good time and run from house to house and – um it's one of their favorite nights of the year too so so i'm so you know i don't have exciting plans but there's trick-or-treat night and i like it as much as my kids and i steal all their reese's peanut butter cups so i get those too because my kids don't like peanut butter because they're weird somebody in pa please please invite megan to a party yeah, yeah what the heck you just wants to go to a party right i just want to dress up and go to a party and you don't have to invite my whole family no, like just, I... just you yeah like my husband doesn't really doesn't really like to dress up so just take me but anyway, so that's what I'm looking forward to. We will see what I end up being in the end. Maybe just an M&M, but that's okay. So you you both have kids who still like dress up cute and stuff yes. like that, where yeah. I've got a 13 and a almost 17-year-old. And my daughter's like, I don't, she's like kind of hemming and hawing, like, is she going to dress up as something? And she might, they might do, her and her friends might actually do um, Spider-Man villains. But my oh. son... My son just cares about the candy, right? But he knows he has to wear something. So he's like, I got a Walter White mask. So oh, it goes freaking Walter White. So, so my What's son. pillowcase? Actually, okay, so you're being nicer than me because my son was like, I'm going to go as Walter White. And my best friend's going to go as Jesse. And I forbade. I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like sitting you. and watching like Better Call Saul with him last night. So like, I can't, like, what am I going to do? Yeah, he, he wanted to get blue Pop Rocks and put them in a bag, and I was like, 100% no. Um, My son did that. Not at my house, at his dad's house, and his sister, like, Snapchatted it, and I saw I saw the snap of it, and it was, this is really funny, because her, she and I used to share an Apple ID, so some of her snaps ended up on my phone, and I showed that to her. I'm like, I don't care if this disappears in 10 seconds. I'm like, you can't, like, it said cooking meth, and it was my son in his like Walter White like coveralls making rock candy. Yeah, making rock oh, making no. rock candy. Oh and I'm no. like at his dad's house, I will say that again, at his yeah. dad's house. Cause you're not <laughs> oh making God. fake meth at my house. Oh, fake meth. Oh my God. Oh, no, Amy. Oh God. I do remember like I, I do think it's funny the kids who come like they're clearly teenagers. They're like their voices have yes. changed. <laughs> And they're like wearing just a wolf mask and they have like an old pillowcase. And uh-huh. they're like, trick or treat. <laughs> just yeah. like, yep. you can take three pieces of candy. Like, I don't care. I don't care. They're ki- they're, it's the last like leg of being a child, you know? Yeah. And you know Halloween. what? If that's what they're doing, they're not getting in trouble. Exactly. You know, they're just getting candy. It's okay. Right. But yeah, so Leah, don't, yeah, don't tell your son that 
my son's going as Walter White. I just kind of like <laughs> threw my hands in the air. I was like, whatever. And I mean, I don't go trick-or-treating with him, so I don't have to be mortified like standing by him, you know. Okay. Um, you know, I'm horror-stricken at... Teenagers being Walter White? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm not that prude, but like... I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah. And so I think clearly, you know, this is our Halloween special. Mm-hmm. And because of such, we decided that we were going to discuss a you know, more of like a horror thriller type of drama, correct? Yep. I think so, I think we're on with... the same theme as last year, but this year it's a it's a scary one. Last year it was not a scary one. I think it might just be our perennial yeah. Oh last year was zombie detective. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Which it, I oh, there's the bar. is in my bottom three. Is in my bottom three of all dramas <laughs> I've ever watched. Yeah. So in the drama we're discussing tonight there are zero boar fights. <laughs> I just want <laughs> with video I game do... scoring. And I have to say that truly, you know, we're going to get into it, but I will say at this point, it's in like my top two dramas for 2022 at this point. Yeah. I still think it's, I still think it might be my favorite I've watched in 2022. So let's get into it. Uh, Yeah. As we said, welcome to our Halloween special where we are discussing, (laughs) where we are discussing a thriller that is nonstop pulse pounding and constant heartstring pulling. All of Us Are Dead is a 2022 Netflix drama that is based on a webtoon of the same name by Ju Don Gun. So in All of Us Are Dead, a science teacher attempts to infect his son with an enhancement that will make him tougher so he stands up to his bullies. But the experiment fails as the enhancement turns his son into a zombie. The virus spreads when an infected rat bites a student, and in no time, zombies overrun a high school. Without food, water, or communication to the outside, a group of students fight to survive or else become one of the infected. Meanwhile, you have a dad fighting all the odds to rescue his daughter and a police duo who team up with a YouTuber (laughs) to enter the (laughs) zombie. It is. That's a really funny uh, plot line. To enter the zombie-ridden school to find the experiment notes so an antidote can be invented. So I, Megan, watched this drama before Amy and Leah. I watched this like way back when it first came out, which was like January or February. And my impression of the trailers was that it was just going to be kind of like a gory action filled romp, which is totally up my alley. Like I was I was down for that. What I didn't expect was for this drama to suck me in, make me care about every character and hate some others <laughs> and punch me in the gut with feels. I will say, too, when I watched it, I was thinking, am I nuts for thinking that this is as good as it is? Like, I really wanted Amy and Leah to see it because I'm like, I need to I need to be validated. (laughs) (laughs) So there are some layers to all of us that we'd like to explore. uh, But first, we're going to discuss this drama without spoilers, which is going to be hard to do. It, It only clocks in at 12 episodes and a lot happens in 12 episodes. Um, But we'll let you know when we move on to the spoiler section. So, first of all, there's a pretty large cast of students and also adults. Among the cast, who do you think you'd be in a zombie apocalypse and why? I think we've talked about this before, and I've fully admitted that I am not the fastest runner. (laughs) And while my virtual boxing skills might be impressive to the small population of people who pay attention to my supernatural leaderboard... The speed and accuracy of my virtual fists will not win the war against actual zombies. So, on the student side, I identified a lot with Oh Jun Young. And he may not be the biggest or strongest, but he came up with some pretty smart plans. And I'm a planner. 
Yeah. Like, there are times when the group of survivors get separated, and there's one particular time when one of the main characters is missing for a long time, and he had the brilliant idea to use a drone from the science lab to look for him. And I thought that was really cool. I agree. And I also just love the... I loved that because... I also think it was a smart way to get the viewer to understand the scope of the yeah. issue. Yes, because you got to see what was going on without them having to dodge the zombies. Yeah, it was just a smart writing and like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, cinematography trick. Absolutely. But I don't think I've seen a drone view of zombies before. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty interesting. <laughs> it was. It was. Cool. And on the adult side, I uh, 100% identify with Anju's dad or Anjo's dad. Played by John Besu, the dad of dads of late, as we just saw mm-hmm. him in Extraordinary Attorney Wu as Wu Young Wu's father. He was one of the few adults that did not give up on the kids. And even though I'm not the strongest or fastest, I'm a good planner, like I said, and would figure something out to save my freaking children and their friends. I would not leave them in a zombie infected school. So mine has a slight spoiler, but look, honestly, the majority of people in this drama, like, there's no surprise from the title. Like, there's lots of zombie zombies getting made. Yes. So look, I want to be scrappy, but you know, what you put me to is like this cast in itself. So I had to be honest that when I looked at this whole cast, I decided that I probably would be most like um, Pak Soon Hwa, who was one of the teachers. And this was a teacher who was left to deal with like the bitchy infighting and even murdering that goes on between other students as she's trying to like keep their spirits up and get them to survive. So I really feel like I would end up being the adults in the room trying to remind others of their common humanity. Um, I just feel like maybe that's too relatable to my job at the moment, but I could just see me in there like trying to like work some mediation out. That would be you for sure. I think both of those fit you guys. Um, I would say like, teenage me like high school me would be like Anjo I think I would be like just missing my dad missing wanting to call my mom and cry you would (laughs) I absolutely would and just like crying over my friends who are dying and that's not a spoiler okay the title is all of us are dead a lot of people die so just so you know going in and I just I mean I don't know I feel like if I'm an adult I wish I would be like her dad and I think I would be because I just feel like in times of crisis, I do feel like I just want to like circle in and like I'd want to know exactly like where my loved ones are. And I would feel like knowing my daughter was like or son, but I just mean in that case, you know, it was his daughter. Knowing they were out there unprotected would just eat. I would need to know where they are. Like I would need yeah. to circle the wagons and I would not be able to rest until I did. But <laughs> I'm also not like Killed, and I probably get killed along the way. Okay, so All of Us Are Dead has an extended cast that features many adults, but the main cast is a group of high school students, obviously. Uh, during filming, some of the actors themselves were teenagers. Some of them were like 19, uh, while most were in their early 20s, and then, of course, a few that were older. So, you know, I guess, like, what did you think about the choice to focus on high school students and were the characters believable as teenagers to you? I mean, I 100% believe these actors were teens. I think they were all fantastic. And they played, I mean, they were like set up to be teenage stereotypes, but in a way that didn't make them seem like caricatures. Most of them also quickly let go of like their high school status or lack thereof. And they came together to work as a cohesive unit where almost everyone was out for the group and not just out for themselves. And that's why I think it's really cool that they focused on kids 
um, rather than adults here, because I feel like, you know, we don't give enough credit to teens as far as being able to adapt and be resilient. And these kids definitely adapted to the situation. They were as resilient as you could be when you are in a losing situation and you keep losing and keep losing some more. We still got to see what the adults were doing, you know, as the secondary cast. And I have to say, and I think this was part of it, and, and you know, we're going to speak to this in a minute, but like the kids showed more humanity and resourcefulness than the adults did. The adults were looking for a quick fix, whereas the kids were looking for a way to survive. Yeah. So I have seen like one like some of the criticism of the show is like relating to some of the character choices and like look they were teens they were high schoolers and I agree with Amy but they also they did act like teens they talked like teens you know they they still kind of had like petty arguments that made me reminded me that oh yeah they're teenagers um and I feel like to a degree at the beginning as teenagers, they really did have trouble grasping, like, the entirety of the situation. Sure. Like, how actually devastating this was. They didn't know what was going on on the outside. And they fully believed adults would come and rescue them. And, you know, just all of it led me to believe that this is how teenagers would act. They would listen to whatever whatever they were told from adults in the first place and then wait for rescue, which... We're going to get into in a minute why we think that is so deep for this drama. So, yeah, may, we've all kind of talked about the fact that what we've seen, it hasn't been overtly stated, but what we've seen is that this drama is commonly understood to be um, an allegory of the Sewell Ferry disaster. And, you know, we can discuss it, but I think that we all kind of agree that it checks out. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, just for some context, uh, on April 16th, 2014, the ferry was traveling from Incheon to Jeju Island, and there were 476 people on board, and 250 of them were high school students taking a class field trip. The ferry was um, unstable because illegally the owners of the boat had um, had kind of messed with the makeup of the boat and it had led to excessive cargo loading and things were like improperly secured. And then there was a point in the journey where the first mate made a sharp turn, like she turned overcorrected a turn and, um, and the whole thing tipped and then the cargo basically fell on its side and the whole boat began to go on its side and capsize the ship. As you can see, like famous photos of like is basically sideways in the water. And when the boat does capsize, many of the students stayed in their cabins below deck because on the ship's intercom, the captain was telling people to stay put. And they found recovered cell phone footage showing students doing kind of what you would imagine students to do in the situation. Some are very serious and they're leaving messages, kind of understanding the gravity of the situation and talking to parents saying how they love them. Some folks are joking around. But what's really striking, I think, uh, in this tragedy, I mean, there's lots of striking things, but one is that uh, against conventional wisdom where we see like, you know, the captain going down with the ship or really trying to stay to make sure folks can like be rescued. This captain was one of the first and the crew were some of the first rescued off the off the boat. Um, and this ultimately led to the fact of them being charged and convicted for murder. And um, a lot of the crew also convicted on charges of abandonment and violating uh, ship safety acts. So in the end, 
476 people were on the ship and 304 died, making it the deadliest ferry disaster that South Korea had seen in 44 years. And look, there's, without getting into like too many like real, real spoilers, there's a lot of unsettling parallels from the ferry tragedy. Like we see adults evacuating via helicopter, kids recording poignant goodbyes, kids also tying themselves together by the wrist to stay close. There was um boyfriend girlfriend couple they found in the water who had actually tied themselves together to try to like stay together in the water we see like all the ribbons set out for the dead and the missing but really at its core what the story is and why i think you know i mean i have come around in zombie shows from you know when we first began afternoon i do like zombie shows a lot more than i did but really what this is is you know megan was talking about being like a gory romp and of course it is but really what it's about is like innocence being lost these are all kids who believed that help was going to come and that adults who were older and wiser would figure out solutions and prevail and that the world around them made sense and throughout the course of this drama, we see that the veil is pulled away and they're stuck with the most tr- terrifying truth of all. And that's that they are left to their own fates. Yeah. I mean, well said. I After I watched this drama, I was so taken with it that I started doing some research. And that's when I found um, that there were parallels to the fairy disaster. So then I started doing a lot of research about the fairy disaster. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, read a lot of articles. If it's not too triggering for you, listeners, I do recommend it just at least to like honor, um, especially the kids who lost their lives, um, other passengers. And there was also a diver, a rescue diver lost his life. So like, I mean, there are so many parallels and it really felt like this drama was trying to pay homage to those students who who died. And I agree with Leah that there is so much about this drama that's like, oh, my God, I've been abandoned and by people who I thought were looking out for me right. and would put my best interests first. And I agree, that's kind of like a loss of innocence. Because I, I mean, I always felt like when I was growing up, like, you know, parents, parents were always right, or adults were always right. And it's really hard to like get to adulthood. And like, I'm an adult. And I'm like, okay, I'm not always mm-hmm. right. And I know plenty of adults who definitely are self serving and act in their own best interest. And, and, and that's it. And you know, and also, we're all just human and not perfect. But yeah, this drama, that's, that's one of the reasons I love this drama so much is because again, I expected just kind of like a fun, not a fun, but like right. a gory zombie movie. And I got something with so much depth that has stuck with me now Absolutely. for like, it's been almost a year. And I still think about this drama. Mm-hmm. I also want to just kind of add to that the idea of it taking place at a school too. Kids spend most of their waking hours during the week at school. That is their home away from home. They expect that those are, you know, almost like the surrogate family that's going to take care of them. So there is this sort of, you know, taking for granted the fact that, well, when I'm at school, my teachers are looking out for me. You know, my teachers have my best interests at heart. And yes, a lot of teachers died or got turned into zombies. So, you know, there weren't a lot, a lot of teachers left. Um, but we even see with the people that are left, you know, like, you know, the teacher that was brought up, that, Le- that Leah brought up, who did try and do her best, you know, to to keep the infighting down and to, you know, keep everybody's humanity and to keep everybody as safe as possible. But she was only one person. Every adult on the outside decided we just need to let that happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah like kind of like contain it and like just cut our losses 
even though all of the losses were kids. And even the principal let them down. Yep. The principal was just trying to contain it. He didn't want anyone to know. He could have maybe helped them from the beginning and prevented the outbreak. And he didn't because he didn't give a shit. And he just wanted the school to look good. Right. So. Like this, actually, the virus and what happens is the fault of adults. So yep. like right. the principal never took proper care also of the bully problem at his school right. and swept the bully situations under the rug. So as a result, the dad slash teacher... Um, Yi Byung-chan, he created the Jonas virus because he was trying to solve the problem of his son being bullied and, you know, creating like, you know, some sort of serum to like increase his bravery. So we have two adult fails right out of the gate. Then we have the adults trying to control the news getting out and causing a larger panic. So they're jamming the signals so the kids have no way of communicating and telling their stories or having their voices heard. Then they botch a rescue on the roof in the most heartbreaking way. And so I'm not going to get into it too much because it's the spoilers, but we have like, you know, we have botched rescues, no communication. And at the very end, I don't think that this is a big spoiler either. We have one of the leads, Ojo. She's really clear on her feelings in the refugee camp when she says, I'll never trust another adult again. All right. Well, now how about let's just shift gears, you know, and uh, go from doom and gloom and death and mistrust to our favorite part of every episode, which is our K-pop wreck of the week. And Megan, what do you have for us this week? Okay. So this week, let's go back to Stray Kids. We haven't done Stray Kids in a while. Yeah. They just had a comeback. Um, It's so funny. Stray Kids songs. I always feel like when I first listen to them, I'm like, meh. And then the second play, I'm like, Oh, I'm obsessed. Like, okay, okay. Now I'm like, I'm really into it. So their current uh, comeback is called Case 143, mm-hmm. which 143 means I love you because I and then love is four letters and then you is three letters. Uh, and yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. It's fun. They're killing it. Um, already got their first music show win. So yeah, check it out. Case 143 by Stray Kids. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting AfternoonAdelight.com. That's www.AfternoonAdelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoona Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, Blow up your skin with K Mertrex. Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. Okay, so now we're gonna move into the spoiler section. Although, like I said, we kind of already gave spoilers in the non-spoiler. This is really nothing hard. major. Okay, this- nothing major. Nothing major. But this is I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot going on. And also, even if you think something happens, it might not have ended up happening, blah, blah, blah. So, but this is when we're going to go full out and really get into the nitty gritty. So, 
Uh, the cool thing about zombie movies and dramas is that they often introduce some sort of new lore or tweak an old one. So the drama Happiness had a different take on zombiedom, and All of Us Are Dead introduces half-zombies, who the characters sometimes called hambies. They are impervious to pain, uh, pretty much, and while they have a taste for flesh, they have human consciousness and reasoning skills. So what did you think about this twist? And why was Gwinam, played by Yu In Su, a character we love to hate? Oh my gosh, this was such a cool twist. I think they did feel pain. They just kept getting back up. You're right. Because like, well, they they couldn't die. Right, they couldn't die. They couldn't <laughs> die. They could, yeah, they could experience pain and they would kind of like die for a little bit and then come back. But anyway, yeah. so like not only was this an amazing twist, but it was like, the way it was so subtly revealed was fantastic. You think Guinam is dead, being devoured by zombies, and then he awakens, like, guts spilling out, missing an eye. <laughs> the eye wasn't from zombies, but he's missing an eye. And he's just, like, fine. And he's, like, himself. So from here, you know basically that you know nothing, Jon Snow. And this drama mm-hmm. could go any which way, so stop trying to figure it out and predict the ending, because that's, like, my MO. And I love being right, but I also love when I can't figure something out. And that's what this, that's what this drama was. And Gwinam, oh my gosh, he was a bully who was scared that he didn't matter. He spent his human teen life being the head bully sort of lackey, and now he has all this power, and the only way to feed his starved psyche or ego is to flex it so flex is power so our mm-hmm. beloved chong san has his number and that makes guinam home in home in on him his only goal to make chong san suffer chong san also is the reason why he's missing an eye so there's that too <laughs> but i mean like when you're in a battle for your life you're gonna poke a guy's eye out so mm-hmm. this is like the best worst kind of villain like one who is single-minded without real logical reason hell-bent on killing the hero no matter how many times he gets pushed off of a building <laughs> and like has his little short zombie death and then gets back up and is like god damn i gotta go find him again and then like fixes his limbs yes and it's like, oh my gosh <laughs> yes yeah. so great so great Look, I loved Guinam. Like, I would scream, like, to myself watching All of Us Are Dead because he was just such a freaking good zombie villain. And it was a really good twist because you think he's going to die in that library. He's basically lying there without an eye. The zombies are feasting on him. And then, you know, it goes to, like, a different scene. And then it comes back to him and his one eye opens and you're like, holy shit. It's such a good twist. But even then you think he's just going to be a zombie, right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. You think he's going to be a zombie and then you realize, oh, you see him, like, walking and he's like, wait a minute. Like, I know who I am. Right. And he's, like, looking at his, like, but he's injuries. Looking at his, like, <laughs> it's like injuries where he should be dead. Um Yeah, I just loved how bad he was. Uh, You know, walking around that school with his one bloody eye. I mean, (laughs) and and his mullet, like, and his. That's another thing too. He had like the best haircut. Yeah, those like dirty vans or whatever. Um, Reminded me of the uncle from um, Move to Heaven. Heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, he had like same haircut, same yeah. And look, I think he's almost he's like almost the worst kind of bully because he's like the sub bully, right? You know, he's the one who is like, again, like Amy said, like the lackey to the head bully. And he knows like he's he's kind of bullied by his 
you know, supposed friend. And he also knows his position is tenuous. If he fucks up, he can easily be replaced by another lackey. So when he finally gets a taste of power as his big, bad, handy self, he's just unstoppable, relentless, and drunk on human flesh power. <laughs> and it's incredible. It's incredible. When he kills the head bully, or actually lets the, lets the head he bully push, die. He pushes him out of the hiding him. place, yeah. He's fr- <laughs> freaking fantastic. So I haven't watched The Terminator, but I feel like I feel like Guinam is like what I know uh, the baddie in that franchise to be, like the one who just like keeps coming back, right? Pretty much, yeah. So the dead don't die. But I yeah. feel like what really <laughs> keeps Guinam from going full one note is that he actually has very clear goals, motivation, and conflict. Yeah. So we talked about this in like the beat sheeting. Like this is a this is a character who like you know has like a very clear GMC. He wants Chung San to die. <laughs> and he wants Chung San to die because for a couple of reasons. One is that Chung San knows that he killed the principal, but he also has his number, like, you know, what Amy and Megan have said in terms of understanding his psychological wounds of not being enough and that, like, you know, he bullies others because deep down he's less than and he's always been like the number two man and, you know, he's pretty fucking damaged and even in the final showdown with chung san we see him have like little zombie hamby tears coming down his cheeks as chung san calls him out Mm -hmm. um and the other thing about a character like him that i think works well is that he's organized chaos like layered on a world of pure chaos yes so you know just when it feels like our heroes can have a chance by grappling with the fact that you know the zombies are deadly but they're not very smart we get the sentient ruthless version to fuck up everything and always turn up at the exact wrong time and so yeah i just think that that also really matters it's like the fact that like yeah this organized force of chaos with like very clear goals motivation and conflict yeah i love every time like there's a lull and i think they're safe guinam just like climbs over the wall (laughs) he's like here i am (laughs) i'm back i'm back baby (laughs) (laughs) So while Guinam is the zombie villain, Lee Neyon, played by Lee Yu Mi, who, by the way, was in Squid Game. She's the one who played Marbles in one of the games. She's in Extraordinary Attorney Wu, too. Oh, okay. She was great. So Lee Neyon is the human villain, um, other than the adults who are terrible. She's like the human student villain villain. (laughs) so she infects gyung su one of the students because she considers him lower class than her and so with good reason she is shunned by her classmates after they find out the truth so what did you think about her arc that when she finally decided to help her classmates guinam chomps her neck i mean karma's a bitch named guinam he is isn't he i mean Though I do admit that my hope was that she would turn into a Hamby and basically be like our good guy's ace in the hole, like her little shot at redemption, because she did have remorse. But what she did was so horrible that I don't think that anybody could have forgiven her. Like that was a completely reprehensible act. Like, and she, yeah. and I feel like had she gotten away with it, she never would have admitted it. Mm-hmm. So it was only because she was called on it and she couldn't lie, really. Like, everybody just kind of knew so i will say that the fact that she infects gyeongsu felt almost too bad like 
yes, he is a quote wealthy, which is a horrid word, but what mm-hmm. she uses to describe him as like a student on welfare. But like, did she truly want to death sentence him? Like, and maybe this is Megan, one of the things where it feels like, you know, they're kids, but I mean, like, they're not that, I mean, like, you know, my son is younger than them and my daughter, like my kids are going to like murder someone because they're like poor. So Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I feel like it makes her bad and unforgivable. And I do think, although this is a minor quibble, I wish there was something with more interesting intent here than just class warfare and maybe some like more gray area that like, you know, instead I just felt like it just felt too evil and I thought she was going to turn into a half B as well. But then I did also think it seemed unlikely given the fact that Guinam really seemed intent on like truly consuming her. <laughs> so I do. Okay. So with this, he like, was like eating. Yeah, yeah, he really was. It was like, a, you know, all Ch- it, was a, it was chomping. Yeah. 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 So to be a half B, you need to be bitten. But if you're fully chomped, you die and become a full zombie, right? Because we also see the archer, Guinam. I don't know if um, we know actual rules here yet. Well, because we see the archer get bit and he starts turning into a half bee in the gym. But then later when the bombs go off, we see he's fully zombie as well. Because I think that Guinam went back and like actually chomped him too. I don't, I I mean, I, I honestly, I don't think we know the rules because what about the girl who got what about the girl who got bullied who turned into like the hamby like right. she got chomped a little bit more you know like they were you know like I, I don't know i don't think it's about how much you get eaten i really think it's about like genetic makeup like i truly believe like it's how you react to, to the virus it's how you react to the virus yeah. so i think some people are gonna just okay i think that's the way it is like, it's not explained i don't think so it matters our, it, it is left our interpretation right now it is. But who chomps her? Who chomps her? The um, Unjin. I think just a zombie. Okay. She's like, okay. she, yeah, she's in that. She was, was it the lab that she was in? Or the classroom? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, she's, she's trying to get the, She's trying okay. to break. She's trying to like destroy the phone that has the video of her on it. Yeah. So, okay. I do though think that I appreciated the meaningless of Na Yun's story. Because, you know, she condemns a hated classmate to a horrific death. Then a beloved teacher dies saving her life. And as this teacher is getting eaten, urges Nayeon to put things right. So Nayeon finally decides to do the right thing and find her classmates and bring them food supplies. And then she dies alone, no one ever knowing that she sought redemption. And, you know, like that shit's hard, but I think, you know, in real life, there's lots of hard moments where, you know, there's just no, there's no uh, silver lining to some clouds. <laughs> you just die unredeemed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, she did have an arc, but in a way, I guess, in my opinion, it's a lesson about not being a little shit because <laughs> redemption isn't always promised. Like you're not always going to get the time. Mm hmm to i mean yeah. i don't know how you can say you're sorry that you infected a totally innocent sweet boy a totally innocent sweet boy just because you know he's poor or whatever you but to like talk to him that's the thing is i was like what right. did he i know <laughs> yeah i mean i will just say one thing about plot slight inconsistency because i'm not sure about this because she basically how she infected him was she was he had a cut Okay, he had like a a cut from like something else. Like it was like he cut himself on a door. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. And there was like a wooden stake that someone had stabbed a bunch of zombies with. So it had zombie blood. And so she wiped her tissue 
on the zombie blood and then touched his wound and that turned him. And I was kind of like, look, these people are eating blood when they're fighting zombies. Like the amount of blood. No, she was pretending to take, she was pretending to take care of him. She had to go apologize. Yeah. Right. And And then then she's dabbing at his boo-boo. But I just mean like if, if that minor bit of blood transfer turned him, well, yeah, they I mean, would have all been because zombies. I did wonder that too. <laughs> right, like if anybody had in their open, mouths half right. the time. Yeah. Oh my god, open mouths, blood in their mouths. I was like, okay. I mean, I'm gonna let it. I, I let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. But I just feel like I needed to say something right. about that because I was kind of like, oh, right. They're like sprayed with blood. Like sprayed with blood. It absolutely. Like I just remember that um, the one. And I think it's in 28 Days Later, where um, it's like the dad of the kid, and he stands below this like scaffolding, and there's a zombie on the scaffolding, and one drop of blood, and it's like a really cool like shot, one drop of blood comes down and splashes him in the eye. And that's it. He's done. And I so I think about that all the time when I watch zombie movies, because mm-hmm. I'm like, that shit's getting in your eyes. <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> Like, you know, you got membranes everywhere, right. okay? And here's the thing, too. Just this is a non sequitur, but I don't think we talk about it anywhere else. When yeah. the hombi, especially uh, Guinam, like, is chomping people, like, mm-hmm. there is a lot of flesh he spits. Like, I mean, like, he's, like, ch- like he'll, like, kind of, like, spit out chunks. Like, <laughs> and then, like, you'll yeah. see, like, whole mouthfuls of, like, body parts just kind of yeah, like, like plopping out of you're him. wasting your food buddy no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's almost like he like chewed it up got the juice out and then he's just but there's just a lot of like there's a lot yes. of just like spitting out pieces of body part he's a like, it he's is a wasteful chunky, he's a wasteful chomper <laughs> he eats like a pig <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay um and actually actually before we continue i just want to say one thing I will say, like, trigger warning for extreme bullying and even, like, uh, some sexual violence, just because this this isn't really spoiler. Well, we're in the spoiler section anyway, but if you're still here and you haven't seen the drama, um, you know, at one point the bullies make a girl take off her clothes and they videotape it. Yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, that was even, like, triggering for me and I uh, it's haven't, you know, personally experienced anything like that, but it was it was it was rough. So I just want to say that. Okay, so the title of the drama, as I said, is All of Us Are Dead. And let's face it, a lot of characters die. So what death either surprised you the most or hit you the hardest? I've got a couple here. I couldn't keep it to one. I mean, I don't think... I know, you listed like... I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think any of us believe that that Chong San is dead. But I... Like, there's no body. There's nothing. But, like, I still... It was a very emotional scene. Like, he... You know, he sacrificed himself for you know for his friends and so that i mean it's funny because i was watching this with my 13 year old son who loves walter white um and i kept worrying about chong san every episode because of guinam and my son's like don't worry he's got plot armor he's gonna be fine like he's the main character whatever and i'm like yeah but not in this show you can't you know but i yeah i'm he's coming back that's that's my whatever but jun young my nerdy little planner it, at the his end, like he knew that they were making the wrong decision with how to use the cage when they were trying to like travel, you know, in their little makeshift cage. Um, and when he got bit, he could have been like, and you know, enacted some like quick "I told you so" revenge, but that's not him. Um, instead, he fends off the zombies like as they're eating him, so that his friends can escape. Oh, I hated that. Death. I know, I know. And then, I mean. I told you I wanted to be the parent that, you know, that made it and, and hopefully helped the kids. But, like, I can't believe we watched this entire drama 
with Namsoju going to find Anjo and like literally like 90 seconds after he saves the kids, he gets chomped on the tennis court. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't surprise me, but it was just so like he achieved his goal and I was happy for him. But it was just so like that was that was all she had left, you know, yeah. like she right. had the, the whole- shot of. Uh, then the shot of Soju and then the um, Chung San's uh, chicken mm-hmm. mom. Chicken like, mom. they like yeah. pass each other on the tennis courts as zombies. Yes. Like, and it's just. Yeah, and like. And, and also, Jun Young had like just died. Yes. So it's like we got that. And then they like. Like, literally like just died. Like, they just got oh, out of the gym. double whammy. Yeah. And right. I mean, I, I, again, I get it. Like, I, I think it goes with the plot. It's genius writing, but it's like, you know. I think a lot of a lot of the adults who didn't go, who didn't help, like that was their sort of view. Like, even if I make it there, I'm just going to get, you know, eaten by a zombie. So what's even the point? And I think he knew. I think he knew that he probably would not survive this. But as long as he made it to Anjo and he did. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was it was it was awful. So, yeah, echoing that Chung San is not dead. And I don't even think it's wishful thinking. First, like he's probably a zombie. Um, I hope so. We, we know they don't die. And then it's a good setup for season two. So all the character deaths ultimately got me one way or the other. But I'm going to go with the first one that impacted me where I kind of just knew like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> and that was Anjo's bestie, Isak. Oh. And so I think what the show did well was it had these moments of like slow dawning horror of the bitten who like know their time is at hand. Like you were talking about like the zombie blood getting in the eye. Like, you know, once they get bitten, they just like, no, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the reactions to those around them, like often not wanting to believe what is about to go down. So we have Anjo holding her best friend's hand, feeling it getting cold. Then we see Isak's nose start bleeding as the world begins to turn red for her because we begin to kind of see like how they would see as a zombie. And they even share like a final hug (laughs) as you're like, oh my God, really? Like, let it go. (laughs) Um, And then Isak fully transforms and begins to attack attack her and gets pushed out the window. And Anjo still can't let go. This is early in the drama. And she still can't quite believe like the horror is real and happening and that her best friend is a zombie. He just got pushed out the window, is dangling like, you know, cliffhanger by one hand and, you know, needs to be let go. And, you know, Chung San like, bangs her you know with a chair and like sends her on her way and then the other one that really got me was you know a very quick moment where we see the high schooler who gives secret birth in the bathroom and then she ends up bitten with her newborn who is not bitten and she somehow makes this like very quick thinking moment to like put him in a seat in an abandoned chicken shop (laughs) and with her last bits of sanity, kind of like tie herself to a door that like was helped. She kind of like helped like lock the door by tying herself to it. And that was it. Like, you know, she put her baby as far away from her as she could and became a zombie. Yeah. There's like a, I forget what the movie is called, but there's a movie like that where um, the father turns into a zombie and he has to get his baby to safety. So he has the baby in the back um, on his back in a carrier and he has a pole tied dangling a piece of meat in front of his face. Oh my gosh. In the direction he's supposed to go. Because, and, and they, he know like he knows he's turning. He rigs this whole thing up 
and then stumbles as a zombie straight forward in the direction he has to go with his baby on his back. And it kind of reminded me a bit of that. I would, I've never seen the full movie. I've just seen like clips, but because I just don't think I can handle it, mm-hmm. but agreed that that, that scene was incredible. It was very powerful. And, and they find her later and she's a full zombie and just she's snarling. trying to get, yeah. she's snarling. She's trying to get to that baby, but because she had tied herself and she's like bloody from where she's pulling um, on the ba- on the binds mm. and um, it's crazy. And the baby is survives, by the way, just at least that as far as we know <laughs> well it's yeah. Right, yeah can we can we can we can we back up one second because yeah did i hear leah make a cliffhanger reference yes you did which i have not seen but i do know sylvester stallone cliffhanger the beginning of the movie he's holding his girlfriend off of a cliff because she fell they're like repelling or something like that in a mountain and that's how the mo- that's how the movie opens spoiler alert it's from like 1989 that's how the movie cliffhanger opens is he has to let like she, she has to let go like he can't pull mm-hmm. her up i can't believe that you made that reference i'm like there's no I, way I leah, that. like there's no way leah saw cliffhanger <laughs> no, i haven't but it is famous <laughs> i it saw is. it it is yeah well you guys like took everyone but i'm that's sorry fine. i'm sorry i was just um, like I know. All, it's okay i, I know I'm, I'm just i don't I'm follow the rules yeah chong san is is not dead he's just not i never thought he was i mean I cried at the final scene because you know he's ne- he's never going to be human right. again. Like I mean, right. you know he's been bitten. Right. He lost an eye. Um, like he's fucked up. Yeah, Guinam got his eye. Eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Literally. Got oh, his that eye. was that felt like Game of Thrones. Uh huh. That was like oh, a yeah. real finger in the eye. I have to admit, I think I fast forwarded because I, I was didn't. like, I can't handle this. No. I can't, my chong's no, on. No, no. I watched the whole thing. But agree. I mean, he's got Anjo's, you know, name badge. Like. Oh my god! I'm sorry. The scene I just well, the scene where she goes back to that like burnt building, and she's calling his name, like shoot mm. me in the head. I was crying. I know so hard. I know. Anyway, so I think uh, I, I actually didn't realize that Amy mentioned uh, uh, on Joe's dad. Oh, so I was going to mention him, but I'm sorry, it's okay. Um, but I will say we mentioned Chong San's mom. So ba- I'll just, you know, she refused to stay at her chicken shop, but she ran or I'm sorry, in her scooter, <laughs> the like slow delivery. She jumped on the slow scooter <laughs> and she's wearing like loafers yeah. and her apron. I mean, it's like, oh, lady, God, at least this would be Megan. This would. Be yeah, you. <laughs> this would be me. So, you know, she gets chomped like right at the school. So she's at the school. And there's a scene where it's like raining outside. The kids make it out of the school, but they're still like on the school grounds and they're like fighting zombies. And all of a sudden a zombie appears in front of them and it's Chong San's mom. And when he sees her, holy shit, like my heart stopped um, because it wasn't even just like you're you, of course you're upset his mom dies. But then to see his reaction, it just the whole thing felt like, you know, compounded <laughs> on my heart. It was so hard. It was so hard to watch that. It was so hard. And they were like, tr- there's zombies coming. They're trying to get him away. And he's just like, ma, like, oh, ma, oh, ma. I mean, it's just he wants to like go to her and he can't because she's a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, on Joe's dad, as Amy said, I mean, he risked his life trape- drapesing across the zombie ridden city 
to rescue his daughter and her friends at just the right moment. Because remember, they were in that locked gym. Mm-hmm. The zon- they were in that like cage Things were not looking good. <laughs> Things were looking terrible. The door was locked from the outside with like chains. And as they bang everything... on the door, then more yeah. zombies are coming. Because I'm like, when this opens, yeah. we're in real trouble. And then the doors fly open. I'm pretty sure that was like the it end of the episode. It was the end episode. of the episode. Yeah. Yep. So, of course, I'm, like, binging this thing like crazy to get to the next episode, and it's her dad. He had basically, like, heard them, made it on the grounds on time, flew the, you know, flung the doors open, and saved them only to then, uh... Like, 90 seconds later. <laughs> like, yeah, like, a minute later, he get he gets chomped, and, and Amy's right, this, like... One thing that they did at, like, the end of this drama was they showed all the, all the, like, the former humans that you knew as as characters as zombies they like show them on the grounds and it's heartbreaking because you're like oh my god that's chong san's mom that's her dad that's that's this kid that's this kid and you're just like and like leah had mentioned there's always there's this zombie that has a his leg stuck in a traffic cone <laughs> <laughs> and she was like i think you like messaged us about it you're like this is pretty funny and he it came is. by like, like four times <laughs> <laughs> And you, it was like the funny, it was funny too, because it was like, you would hear his like cone, like tapping the ground. As he wandered past. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, because a lot of times too, you don't, they don't like revisit, Mm -hmm. like people are turned to zombies and that's just it. But these, like a lot of them were just going around the, like the quarters of the school. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't figured it out yet, this drama is relentless, gory, and thrilling. So what was your favorite zombie fight scene? So I love this one. This is Changsan and Guinam in the library. I mean, poor library. <laughs> but yeah. what an amazingly choreographed scene. Like when I see fight scenes like this, I'm like, somebody conceptualized this, like could visualize this and then make it happen. And it's, I mean, it is seriously like a spectacle to behold. So they are running across the tops of shelves, zombies below, shelves falling. At this point, Guinam is still human and trying to kill Changsan. And so it's like the double antagonist situation where you think, you know, that uh, Changsan finally wins. And then Guinam goes like full hamby. And you know that like nothing's ever going to be the same because... It's not just the zombies that are the, the the stupid, mindless zombies that are the problem. Now you have somebody who is like fully coming for our hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the the visual of that scene, oh my gosh, incredible! I think that the library scenes. My, I think it is my favorite. It is so good, and because I think you have to remember, basically, Chung San has essentially a video, right? Doesn't he have like a video, or he either way, he knows that that. Um, Guinam killed the principal, and I feel like at that time he was there. The kids he was there. He, he tried to talk him out. He was there. Yeah, he tried to talk him out. So I think it. he he doesn't have like I feel like the the kids at this point don't have the concept that this is long term. Like to a degree, no one gives a shit if he killed the principal. Like everyone's dead. But at this point, he doesn't realize that. He still thinks, "Oh my god, I'm going to be, I'm going to be punished for killing the principal." Mm-hmm. And then after that, it just turns into you know single minded whatever. So I think the runner up is the cafeteria scene. Yeah. So this is like episode one. I mean, this or two. This, this is, is the beginning. I think it's episode yeah, one. It's the yeah, it's very, at the very beginning. So this is basically when the zombie horde makes its first appearance en masse. And I need to give like credit to the filming crew, the cinematographer, the director, because the way this the scenes were shot, I felt like I was there. Like the camera pans. I, I, it is 
incredible. It is, I feel like that's when I was like, okay, this is probably my favorite zombie movie or zombie drama, zombie anything, because it was so incredibly visceral. And um, it was just absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. Because again, no one knew what was going on. The zombies had just showed up. I I can't imagine what filming this was like, because it was just insanity. Like so many extras. Mm-hmm. So, many so many extras. I mean, the cafeteria was packed. There were a million and zombies. And they're all in like full like zombie makeup, right? So imagine like the effort Ugh. of like hair and makeup and costuming and all like crazy. So well done. It would done. be very, very fun to have been an extra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I like the scene that we talked about, which was the gym with the carts. I felt like, you know, they made a pretty good plan for a shitty situation, honestly, Except for then when they got out and realized that they couldn't really push against all the zombies. Um, So I just liked visually how it was. I liked like the creativity of, you know, the gym carts and everything like that. Um, But I do want to pull over and just take a minute because I haven't gotten to unpack something I really want to talk about. (laughs) And it's about hambies. And so I need to just get on this. So one thing that surprised me was once I saw Namra sort of being in control of being a Hamby, I personally would have been very tempted to be like, dude, bite me. Just give me a little nibble. Because then I would have what seems to be... But you don't know. You don't... See, I feel like, you know, we know the certain end is coming of being a zombie zombie. Like, I feel like, you know, like most... I would feel like very high probability I'm going to be a zombie zombie. So I was just surprised that nobody else was like, fuck. Like, oh, try to turn me into a Hamby. Yeah, give me a bite. Turn uh, me into a yeah. Hamby. Like, I'll go, I'll okay. be, I'd much rather be a Hamby than a zombie. Yeah. I mean, so I, I was just surprised, like, because I think I would have been like, hmm, it's looking very dire. Just fucking. <laughs> it's looking <laughs> like, very dire. You know, I yeah. mean, like, I would think I would rather take my chances. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think, think she, I don't think she would have been able to control herself, though. Like she was not she had not actually eaten anybody. Right. Like, so I, I, I don't. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm saying that she, like desperate times, desperate measures. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll tie you up. But like, you right. got to bite like, you know, I'm we're all the line. I'm lodging yeah. it. Okay. And then I was even more surprised at how underutilized she was because, like, she's a Hamby. So, like, why wasn't she the one selected to go on the roof and lure the other zombies? When they're like, who should go? Who should go? I'm like, well, clearly Namra. Like, get her ass up on the roof. She's a But mean. they're not drawn to her. She can't lure them. Well, they're so not drawn she to her. noises, they would have gone up and then they would have yeah, been like, maybe. oh, not you. That's true. But, you know. Oh, not you. I- <laughs> You don't smell good. I can't eat you. But, you know, I and I expected her to have some more big fight scenes, but I think that's coming in season two. Yeah, I think she was first coming into her own, like, in the very end. Like, I don't think she knew what she was capable of. I thought it was badass and horrible when she broke Woojin's neck. Nobody gave Woojin a shout out. Poor Woojin. I loved Um, Woojin. He was so cute. Yeah, and he, like, zombied out at, like the very end like yeah. you know he's almost Aww. at the line and then he's like god damn it. he's like i knew i knew this was happening <laughs> I know, but I'm sorry. and um yeah and so she like broke it broke the neck and i'm like yeah good finally like namara was like because the whole time i was like oh my god like namara like go do some scouting like you know they're all like what should we do what should we do i'm like i don't know send namara walking around the building <laughs> that's let true too like yeah send her let her be the drone yeah let her go bring stuff back like let her right. go get like whatever yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, no, I don't disagree with you. I so I thought 
when when I was watching this. I thought the big showdown was going to be between Guinam and what was the bullies, the bullied girl's name, the girl who was bullied. I forget. But um, I thought it was going to be between them or I thought there was going to be a big showdown between them. And then I thought it was going to be too. between Guinam and Namra. And that's I what did I'm, too. You don't Unji. know where this is going to go. Yeah. Unji. You just don't know where it's going to go. There basically was not a Hamby showdown. There wasn't. And that's why I was like. They had some fight scenes, but like Namra was not really into like fighting that much. Yeah. Because I I really don't think she knew what she was. Yeah. I feel like she was like coming into her power, understanding. Because like Guinam, I feel like he like had a little bit more practice. (laughs) I feel like. He he also embraced his power quickly and he wasn't caring if he was a murderer. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. He didn't care, so she was, like, trying to stifle it, and I do think that weakened yeah. her, because I think they, like, mm-hmm. showed that a lot of times, so. But we'll learn more. Chong San is a green flag hero. Discuss why. We just have to. I know we already <sighs> discussed him, but I don't care. Uh, I'm doing it more. I know. Okay, so Yoon Chan, Yoon Chan Young played him to perfection. Like, despite his desperate crush on his best friend, Anjo, he doesn't try to man- manipulate her into liking him. He stands by and watches her crush on Soo Hyuk, played by the dreamy Loman or Park or Park Solomon. Um, he supports her as a best friend through the whole zombie ordeal and only admits his feelings when he fears it might be his last chance to do so. Despite her confusion and not immediately returning his feelings, he stands by her. He lets her comfort him when they find his mom is a zombie, and he comforts her when she loses her dad. And at the end, when she finally admits that she loves him too and gives him, you know, like the the name, is it a badge, sash, whatever? You know, the name tag. Yeah, the name tag. Thanks. And he's been bitten. He stays behind to hold off Guinam while she escapes, and while... He's doing this, like jumping into like an empty elevator shaft with Guinam. He screams throughout the building that he is the happiest guy in school because she loves him and she kissed him. Like he is willingly expediting his own death. It didn't happen because just knowing that she loves him is enough. And this is why he is not dead and will be back as an amazing Hamby in season two. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up. He's just so wholesome and a total green flag. The action hero shit he did at this drama was like next level. Oh he was like climbing through shafts in the building to try to get a signal on his phone. It was, I mean, uh, I cried during that, or I'm sorry, his death scene or pseudo death scene was emotional warfare. I cried. I felt happy he was happy. And then I felt anger as he and Guinam tore each other apart. The feelings in that final showdown will stick with me for a long time. And it's one of the reasons I love this drama so much. Because even in that final battle, we got character development and motivations. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is like one thing too. I mean, if you're this far in, you know, you already kind of know. But like, it is, there's like, this is a zombie show first and foremost. But there's like a very sweet YA love stories going through. Yes. 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 Thank you for saying that. That's perfect. Yes, yes, yes. And so I think like, you know, I'm not, I don't have much more to add except for the fact that like, yes, I did not like seeing his eye get gouged out at all. (laughs) Um, And you know what? He is, he is dead. Like even if he's coming back, like his humanity, like he'll save some parts of it, I'm assuming, but like, you know, he's not going to be the same. Yeah, he's forever altered. 
I don't know if you, know, you can, I'm, can I, you reproduce with a hombi? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a whole new race. Oh god. Yeah. We'll find out. Maybe. Uh the other the other romance was between Lee Soo Hyuk, played by newcomer Pak Solomon, and Choi Nam Ra, played by Choi Yi Hyun who I just, I loved her, by the way. She was just such a great actress. Mm -hmm. Did this romance hit you in the feels? And yeah, what do you think about Nam Ra's ending? I loved them. I loved her. Like, she was so focused on her studies, and she was the class president. She never had any friends. And everyone thought that she thought that she was superior to them. So they, like, pretty much shunned her. Like, they, you know, nobody, like, knew her at all. But she was really just, like, shy and awkward. And I loved that once she was bitten, that he trusted that she wouldn't hurt him or any of them after she'd been bitten. Like he, you know, basically lobbied to keep her with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love that when she was having trouble fighting off the urge, that he offered to be her sacrifice so that she wouldn't hurt anybody else. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <sighs> and she didn't want to hurt him or any of her friends. So she ran away when the bloodlust became too much. And the ending... So I already knew that season two was happening. So when she, you know, calls them back to the roof to have a school bonfire with her friends again, and she's, you know, she doesn't have the red in her eyes anymore. So you know that she's been feeding like somehow she's got like her, you know, her bloodlust under control and like, holy mother forking shirt balls. She jumps off the building at the end, like last scene, like she's like fucking black widow. If I didn't know there was going to be a season two at that point, I would have lost my mind. Like, Megan, how did you survive that? Because there was no season two announcement when you saw that. Yeah, I mean, I will say I started to have this like sneaking suspicion during the last and I'm not like trying to be like, no, oh, you I'm did. So you smart. said I you're just, like, there's stuff that is left unfinished. Yeah, I'm just like, and it was even towards like the last half. I was like, I just how are they going to wrap it up? We, in know, 12 we know episodes. Yeah, yeah, we know story structure. I'm just like, they're setting something up. They're doing something here that they don't intend to wrap up. There's just no there's just no way. And and the last episode was uh, for me. This was an interesting last episode for me. Um, again, I've watched a lot of like zombie stuff and they all kind of have sort of this like similar vibe. But this was different. This was like somber, but there was this like simmering undercurrent of resentment and even revolution, which I was like, something's, you know, yes. something's happening. And so when she called them to the rooftop and the fact that all she wanted to do was sit around a fire with her friends like that, that whole thing killed me. And she said there were others like her and she jumped off the building. I was like, there's season two. <laughs> like, I just like fight me if there's not. And I kind of overall love that ending for all the cast, but also um, that romance because it just sort of felt happy for now because they know each other's feelings. They they just can't be together now. So I have ho hope that there can be a human and a hamby union. <laughs> not, you know? They're dying. They're dying in two. But <laughs> I do. So here's one thing. It was like, I thought it was super cool. And then I was like, but they didn't really chill by that campfire, did they? Like, she basically no, was no. like, hey, like, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm flying off the building. So, um, yeah. And here's another question is that when do we really see that, like, Suhyuk has the feelings for Namra? Like, is it before the zombies come? Because, like, I missed something where, like, all of a sudden they were just, like, he was into her clearly. Oh no! He the very first episode. He's into her. Remember, she has like her headphones. And in, she doesn't and even hear like, the zombies to talk are, to her. And, and then the zombies are coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the zombies okay. are literally running, and he's yes, like, "We right. need to run." Okay. Yeah. 
And I like... So he always kind of had a crush So here's on the thing about him, is that, like, I feel like he's, like, Megan's type, because he's, like, athletic and smart and sweet, but he also, like, took orders from women, like a champ, the whole time. Yeah. I also yeah. liked when they were up on the abandoned building towards the very end, and they were going to, like, do their Scooby-Doo, like, we need to sleuth around, so we have, like, the two senior girls... <laughs> And they're like, okay, we're going to go. And then he's like, no, no, I'll go. And the one was just like, sit your ass down. He's like, okay. <laughs> like, just yeah. does. <laughs> he was basically like Yi Hun's from Happiness little brother. Yes. Like yes. that. He truly was. He was, he was definitely. So, you know, I did want more of a confession when he went back for her, um, when she was eating the dead body out of desperation, actually. <laughs> like, you know, I thought that would be a time like, stay alive. I will find you. <laughs> With like, her like last bloody the, mouth. Yeah. Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> as she's like eating the corpse. But, you know, I can be patient. I do feel like, yeah. Ha- Look, I'm pretty sure that the Hombies, if I can play, if I can make my guess, I think we're going to see some Twilight parallels where we're going to have like Chungsan and Namra. I think they're going to be like eating squirrels. Oh, I, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking that they're eating animals for sure. Yeah, they're running animals. around like chomping yeah. on like wildlife. Yeah. Well, as you said, All of Us Are Dead has already been greenlit for season two. Like, are you happy about it? And what do you want to see? In <laughs> I, I guess I just shared what I wanted to I see. Know, I think we've, <laughs> I you want to see them eating it. squirrels? Like, I do. I, I, I yeah. want what we didn't get here. And I think it's purpose purposeful that we didn't get the Hamby showdown. Like, we need we yeah. need the organized Hambies now, right? Which we have. Yeah. And I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the Hamby showdown. Yeah. I mean, same. I want to I and I well I first want to say I am happy there's a season yes. two and I rarely say that. But this was one of the few dramas where I was like, you're clearly setting up a greater world and a greater like the lore. world building so, like, is amazing. Right? The yeah, world building it. the lore building is amazing. Like it's not yeah, and there's definitely stuff yeah, at, they're not like the government level that they haven't explored yep. yet. And that's why I was like, let's get to I it. I really didn't and I will say the thing I was probably least invested the whole drama was the um I mean it was fine. It wasn't very much, was the um assembly woman. Yeah. I was always like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's get Oh yeah, I didn't care about her either. Yeah. I agree. you know, I kinda get why they showed, you know, showed her, but I didn't care at all. Um, so in final things to discuss, I think the only thing I really want to share is, um, on G, where is she? So this is the victim in like season one or episode one, we see she's a victim of some pretty horrid, uh, sexual abuse through non-consensual, like naked photos being taken of her. And then she is like, so right now we know for sure there's three half bees at play. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's Namra, Guinam, and then her. And, she also doesn't seem to have much hold on her humanity. Like she jettisoned it pretty fast. Like we see her eat once she, cause she is asymptomatic and she's brought into the refugee camp. And then we see her encounter like the other student who had been bullied with her. And she just like eats him <laughs> <laughs> like right away. She's like, fuck you, man. Did she escape? Um, and so then they put her into she the got, enclosure right. and she's in the enclosure all the time. Just like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And like gets out of her like bindings and is like slamming in the windows. That's and right. then later we just see that room empty. Oh, I forgot about that. I don't think yeah. she does escape, but like, I just like, I don't think she escapes. I think they did something with her, but I don't think she's dead. Yeah. I don't think she's dead either. But that's another like open, like they clearly left open plot lines and it didn't feel like, oh, they just missed it. <laughs> like it felt intentional that they left these plot lines open. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yep, because remember, she got out of the school because she just picked up that abandoned yeah. bike and was just riding all bloody yeah. through the And then she got ran over by, like, the... Oh, yes, yeah, she got ran over. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Oh, God. And gets right up. Yeah. And they're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yep. But she had, she was asymptomatic. So, like, everyone was just like, it's fine, it's fine. Until yeah. they learn. And then she was the reason why um, they called off the rescue on the rooftop. Thank you. I was, was like, I was like, we need to bring up the rooftop. Yeah, c- continue, yeah, please. That, <laughs> that rooftop was very difficult. So I guess, yeah, just with a non sequitur of something else that was difficult was getting winched onto a helicopter, having your arms put inside the helicopter, being like, yes, yes. And then they're like, uh, abort, lower you back down. And they're like, you could be asymptomatic. We don't know. We're leaving you here. And they didn't even give them supplies. Yeah, and then the guy is like, ordering him to shoot them. Yep. And I was like, why? Horrible. Yeah, that seemed excessive. Horrible. Okay, on another note, I, I this is stupid, but I just want to give a shout out to the bathroom scene. <laughs> just love that they made... Not a real bathroom like, you don't, scene. No, but you don't get this in like yeah. a lot of like zombie stuff. I'm like, where are these people going to the bathroom? And um, so they were locked in this recording room and they had to go to the bathroom and there's no like bathroom in there and they can't leave because there's zombies in the hallway. Um, and I guess they weren't like expelling tons because they hadn't, you know, had anything to eat or drink, but still they had to go to the bathroom. And so they made like a toilet out of like cushions and stuff. And it was just very funny. And I love that they had to like deal with it. They had to be crafty yeah absolutely does and then and then of course there's like comedic relief because it stinks and yeah yeah, that's the thing there was like a lot of comedy so much there's a lot of comedy and there's so much like humanity to moments like that Mm -hmm. so that's why it just didn't feel like nonstop zombies and fighting that didn't feel that wasn't grounded in some reality as weird as that might seem Mm -hmm. It felt like, oh, my God, this could happen to anyone because these are just regular people who have regular bowel movements like we all do. And <laughs> I just, I don't know, I, I happen to really like that scene. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Well, good to end on a scene like that rather than, Oof. yeah, something sad. Oof, that was fun to talk about. I will say I'm really glad you guys liked it. I, I was, loved it. Yeah, I loved I it. I just was... I, I, well, I, you know, I was surprised because I was like, maybe Leah's just going to be like, all these deaths are stupid. You know, like sometimes Leah can go either way with, with dramas like this. So I don't go she, either way if it's good. That's true. And you, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm exactly. An but I was like, I wonder if she won't think this is good. So when you wrote to us and you're like, I'm loving this, I was so happy because um, I knew Amy really enjoyed it too. And again, I was like, if you didn't like it and like maybe made fun of it, I think I would have been a little heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, I love these kids. Like they had, you know, really wormed. I mean, this my heart. I think it has broad appeal because, like my my son who does not watch, you know, K drama, he watched this with me. It was one of those things. Like I got him to watch Train to Busan with me, where he was like, "Eh, I don't know, I'll try it. And we watched the first ten minutes. He was like, All right, I'm in. So same thing with this. He's like, I'm like, buddy, I'm like, I need a I need a buddy to watch this with because I'm gonna get scared. And so Mm -hmm. he's like, I'll try it. And then he he wanted to just binge. And so it's yeah. It, yeah, you said he did like he it. He loved right? it. Yeah, yeah, he loved it. Yeah. He'll watch season two that's for really sure. Cool. I told him we were. Yeah. I told him we were doing. I'm like, I'm so excited. We're talking about all of us are dead. He's like, Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That makes yeah. me happy. All right. Well, I hope that everyone at home is having a great spooky season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, say stay sexy and don't get bitten. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I have a shirt that says "Stay sexy and don't get murdered." <laughs> 
All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to AfternoonOfDelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!